0: This is an ICGC Cornerstone podcast. At Cornerstone, we believe in the power of the Word of God to transform lives and empower people to influence their generation. And now, time for the message. And so today I will be focusing on the sub- uh, title: uh, You Are a Key Player. Tell somebody, you are a key player. Tell that person, you are a key player. When we think about the word church, um, if you look at the Greek word for church, is the word ecclesia. And that word ecclesia, from where we get the word church, means gathering. It means an assembly, and it means a congregation. The reason why we all gather together, or we congregate, every Sunday, um, every time that we need to congregate is because of our shared faith in Christ and the need also to fellowship with like-minded believers as well. Irrespective of our social background, our economic status, our race, our ethnicity, our language, our country, our gender, we are all one in Christ. Paul reminds us in Galatians chapter 3, verse 28, he says, there is neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither slave nor free, there is neither male nor female, for you are all one in Christ. And that gives us the idea that when we come to church, we may come from different backgrounds, and we may come from different economic status, and we may come from different parts of, the, of our country or parts of the world. But under, in this place, we come under the banner of Christ. And it is the blood of Jesus that makes us one. And so we don't see each other according to our status. We don't treat each other according to our background. We don't treat each other according to the money we have in our pockets. We treat each other as children of God. We see ourselves as one. And so Paul says that no we no man according to the flesh. That's how we see ourselves. Normally when people join a church, They may come as individuals, or they may come as families, but then they join a larger body, and they eventually integrate into that body as well. And it is very easy when you join a larger body, like the church, to just see yourself as as an individual in the church, or to think that there is nothing that you can offer to the church, or to think that... um, I I don't have much to offer, or to even think that probably the church is sorted. But take it from P&I that the church is far from sorted. And that there is no point as a church that we would think that we are sorted. By the grace of God, we have two services that we run. By the grace of God, we have over 300 members in our church. And we are not even six years yet. But we are not sorted. Because where we see ourselves getting to, we haven't begun to crawl. To even start walking. So we are not sorted as a church. We are far from sorted. We have nice music. We have nice lights. We have nice ashes. We have, we have a comfortable place, but we are not sorted. Because there is more that we believe that God has for us. And that assignment and that mission that God has given to us, we believe is possible. And we believe that we are going to pursue it as well. There is more that we can accomplish. And so for you as a person... Deciding to be part of this larger body called Cornerstone, you must understand that there is something that you can contribute to the growth and health of our church. You must understand that, 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 that when God led you here, he didn't lead you here just for leading sake. He led you here because he believes that there is something that you have that you can offer to his church. That, that, that when you join the church, the church must not remain at the same level anymore. That something must shift, something must change, because you are part of the body, and you are here to push that body forward. And as a church, we believe that you are a valuable asset to His church. You are not just a number. You are valuable to the house of God. So if at any point in time you have only seen yourself as having nothing to offer, please consider yourself as a key player in the church. Or if at any time you withheld supporting the church in any way, please know that you are a key player and that we need your support as well. Please send your Bible to Acts chapter 11, verses 22 to 26. Acts chapter 11, verses 22 to 26. We're going to read about a key player in the church. And that key player is somebody called Barnabas, Barnabas, is the key player in the church. And the background to this particular scripture we're about to read is that Barnabas, uh, the, so, so Saul had been persecuting the church, and so the church had been through a very difficult time. So the, the church had been going through a very difficult time. And so through the, through the persecution that the church had been going through, the church scattered. And so when the church scattered, uh, the scattering of the church led to the spread of the church. And so the church was was planted in different places uh, through persecution. And so as the church began to grow beyond Jerusalem and now go into other cities as well, there's a man in the church who was called Barnabas. And so Barnabas, and, and the meaning of his name means son of encouragement. And so Barnabas decides then to go and encourage the brethren in, in the different aspects of the church. And so he sees that the church is growing and he takes an initiative to help consolidate the growth and the spread of the church. And we see it in Acts chapter 11 verses 22 to 26. It says, the news of, ba- of these things came to the ears of the church in Jerusalem. And they sent out Barnabas to go as far as Antioch. And he came and had seen the grace of God, he was glad. And encouraged them all that with purpose of heart, they should continue with the Lord. For he was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and of faith. And a great many people were added to the church, to the Lord. Then Barnabas departed for Tarsus to seek Saul, who later became Paul. And when he had found him, he brought him to Antioch. So it was that for a whole year they assembled with the church and taught a great many people. And the disciples were first called Christians in Antioch. Very interesting scripture. So The, the church is growing. The church is spreading. God is doing some great things in the church. But Barnabas realizes that we must consolidate the gains and the effort of the church. And so when Barnabas is sent by the church to go and help consolidate the gain that the church was was getting at that point in time, the momentum it was getting, Barnabas rises to the occasion. And he decides to do something and to contribute and to act on behalf of the church. And so he goes around encouraging the church and strengthening the church for the work that was going on. And then not only does he do that, at this point in time, Paul had become born again. And so, so Barnab- and Paul, of course, because of, the, of, of all that he had done to the church, everybody was afraid of him. They, didn't, they were not sure about his salvation. But Barnabas goes to look for him. And then when Barnabas goes to look for Paul, Barnabas brings Paul. If it was today's church... We will all judge Paul. ah, this guy, I can't trust his salvation. This is this guy who was killing Christians. How can we go and look for him? No, 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 I can't trust him. In in fact, we will not even want to embrace him in the church. We we said, oh, Paul has to to be sorted out first. We have to be convinced of his born-again experience before we bring him to the church. But Barnabas knows that, first of all, Paul is dealing with the mistakes of his past. Paul has made some very terrible mistakes. He has killed Christians. In fact, Paul was the one who supervised the death of Stephen in the Bible. And so so Paul must be dealing with all these insecurities and all these challenges. So although he's born again, he separates himself from the church. But Barnabas goes to look for him. Now the question I ask myself is that can you imagine if Barnabas didn't go look for Paul? Can you imagine if Barnabas never encouraged Paul? The revival that we experienced outside of Jerusalem, outside of the Jews, would never have been possible. In fact, we would have missed two-thirds of the the New Testament that was written by the man that Barnabas went to look for. Barnabas' action as a key player was that he gave birth to another key player. And they shifted the trajectory of the church. You must understand that irrespective of the gifts or the ability that you have, you are a key player in the church. Irrespective of where you are in life, you are a key player of the church. The church is not the preserve of a select few. Yes, there will be always a few who want to hijack the church. But we must never give them the opportunity to hijack the church. Because you are a key player in the church. You matter in the house of God. You are relevant in the house of God. And God needs your gifts, your abilities, your talents, your treasures to advance his kingdom here on earth. You matter in the house of God. And so I want to just briefly talk about four actions of a key player. Four actions of a key player. Number one action of a key player is that that a key player must realign with the priorities of the church. A key player must realign with the priorities of the church. Over time, as a member of this local assembly, you have to be involved in what takes place in your church. You must avail yourself to be an active part of the church's efforts and of the church's ministry extensions. You have to be available. Rather than being a, a passive observer, you have to become an active contributor. And we see that in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24 and 25, where we are encouraged. It says, let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together. As is the manner of some, but exalting one another. And so much the more as you see the day approaching. If there is any reason you are going to miss church, it could be probably due to some illness. Probably due to something, maybe work took you outside of the jurisdiction. Or some kind of extenuating circumstances that prevent you from church. But if your mentality is always that, ask for me, I will give two weeks to the Lord and two weeks to golfing. Or two weeks to church and two weeks for the gym and relaxation. If that is your mindset, then you, are not, you don't really understand what it means to be part of a church. And you don't really understand what it means to be part of a Christian community. Because if you are part of a church and a community, you have to realign your priorities. After all, we could all be golfing or relaxing by some, maybe by Bojo Beach and sipping coconuts but why are we here? We are here because we see the need to gather as God's people and to encourage and to strengthen each other and to receive strength from God to go forward in the week as well. When you are a part of a church, you have to realign with the church spirit. You can say, oh, it is their church. Let them do what they want to do. That cannot be your language. If you're a member of a local assembly, you have to realign with the priorities of the church. You have to ask yourself, what am I also doing? Am I just a passive observer? Am I just standing to watch and see what they would do as a church? Or am I actively contributing in the health and the growth and the development of the church, you have to ask yourself. You have to ask yourself. And there will always be two kinds of church members. Those who just come to receive and think only about themselves. And those who come to receive and also contribute. Which one do you want to be known for? It's a question that you have to ask yourself. Have to realign with the parents of the church. Number 2 A key player rises to meet the needs in the church. A key player rises to meet the needs in the church. We see that in Acts chapter 21 verse 17 to 20. It says that when and when he had when we had come to Jerusalem the brethren received us gladly. On the following day Paul went in with us to James and all the elders were present. When he had greeted them, he told in detail those things which God had done among the Gentiles through his ministry. And when they had heard it, they glorified the Lord and they said to him, You see, brother, how many myriads of, of, of the Jews there are who have, who have believed. And they were all zealous for the Lord. Paul, when the church, the early church started in the book of Acts, The church was predominantly a Jewish church in the sense that almost everybody who was a member of the early church were Jews. And they struggled to reach out to those who were called the Gentiles, those who were not Jews by by choice or Jews by birth. Or by ethnicity. So it, it was a one-sided church at that time. And, and so, and so it, it proved to be a challenge. It was difficult reaching out to the Gentiles. And so when, when, when Paul, who got born again, who being a Jew notice that the church was limited and constrained in reaching out to those who were beyond the Jewish community. And so what, what, what Paul decided to do was, he decided to go and reach out. He, he says, that, you know, leave, just give me the dentists, the, I will go and I, and I will witness them because we need to draw many people into the, into the faith. And, and so Paul, noticing that need, rises up and takes that initiative. And as a key player your contribution or effectiveness is not seen in just your visibility. It is seen in the impact that you make. It's seen not just in your visibility, but the impact that you make. And although the Apostle Paul was not present when Jesus was was having his earthly ministry, and Paul was not was, was among the, the, the 12 apostles who were gathering around Jesus and, 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 and were close to Jesus. When Paul, although Paul came on the scene late, his impact was greater than those who were before him. Why? Because when he saw a need in the church, he rose up to meet that need. And Paul shows us that when you join a church... There is a reason why God led you to that church. There is something that you have to offer. And when you join a church, it is very easy to identify the needs in the church. The areas that can be perfected in the church. The areas that that can be worked on and improved on. And when you see those needs, you can't fold your arms. And just let those pass by. You have to ask yourself, what can I do? How can I rise up to meet the needs in the church? And one of the people that I really appreciate in our church are our children's service facilitators. I appreciate them so much because they come every Sunday and they go and take care of kids. They could have said, oh, the kids... Because taking care of kids, hmm? it's not a... It's a calling. Taking care of... Because those little apostles the little CIA agents that came up here. The work one person can give to you. It's unbelievable. And in our church, almost every Sunday, you have about 40 to 60 kids joining, coming every Sunday. You can imagine running around, chasing them. You've dressed up. You got up. You dressed up. You showed up, and you went to chase those kids. I just want us to clap for our children's children. They are just amazing 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 i'm telling you because it's not easy but why are they able to do that some of them joined our church and went straight to take care of kids why because they they saw a need in the church and they rose up to that need you can't be part of a church see the need in the church and just fold your arms you can't because being A member of a church means being a key player in the church. Making yourself available to be used by God to advance the course of his kingdom on earth here. So don't just become a passive observer, my friends. You have to be a key player. You have to contribute. But the very interesting thing about God is that when you fold your arms for long, and you don't contribute, and you fail to rise to the occasion, God will raise somebody else to fill that place. That's the thing about God. Nobody can flex God. The church is a blessed body. I cannot, if I, the moment I flex God, or the moment PN flex God, God will raise, up, he said to raise up about stones. Why? Because it is not about you. Shall I help you? Shall I, shall I offend you? Yeah, let me offend you a bit. It's not about you. It's about him. And what he did for us on the cross. And we can't pay him back for what he did for us. But the little that we can do is to make ourselves available for his use. What are you doing in God's house? It's a question that you have to ask yourself. If you serve in a department, what are you doing in God's house? You say, oh, today I won't show up. If you don't show up, who will play the keyboard? No, if you don't show up, who will sing? Have you asked yourself that question? If you don't show up, who will usher? It's like me said, "Oh, I won't show up today. Oh, they'll be fine. Let's get some robots to come and stand here." Who will do it? Who will do it? Have you asked yourself that question before? That if I serve somewhere and I don't show up, who will do it? But the interesting thing about God is that He cannot be flexed. He cannot be flexed. For a while we may miss, we we may we may we may we may have to put ourselves together, but God will raise up somebody to fill those. So you must understand it. And when you miss that opportunity, you miss that opportunity not only to be a blessing to, to God's house, but to be a blessing to yourself. You miss that opportunity. But Paul rises. To the need in the church, he sees the need, he doesn't sit down and say, I came last, I came, I came, I'm the least. There were those who are before me. There are gurus, they are bishops, they are apostles, they are popes. He says I may be nothing, I may be the least of the apostles, but he says, I labored more than they all. I worked hard to advance the cause of the kingdom. What we are building in this church it's not just for ourselves. We are building it so that we can hand over the baton to our children. We can hand over the faith to our children. We, can, we are building it so that Christianity will remain relevant in Africa. We are building something right so that some of the nonsense that we see on social media, we can deem those nonsense. Some of the things that we see certain people do, using the, in the, the name of God to do, we can deem those darkness. And allow the light of God, the true light of God to shine in our generation. You are a key player and you must rise up to the occasion. A key player, number three, also reaches out to others and brings them into God's house. A key player reaches out to others and brings them to God's house. We see that in John chapter 1, verses 43 to 46. John 1, he says, the following day. Jesus wanted to go to Galilee. And he found Philip and said to him, follow me. Now, Philip was from Bethsaida. Note the trend. Jesus finds Philip. He says, Philip, follow me. All right. So, Philip is from Bethsaida, the city of Andrew and Peter. Philip found Nathanael and said to him, we have found him. You see the trend? Jesus finds Philip. Philip doesn't end there. He goes, he finds Nathanael. And says that we have found him of whom Moses in the law and also in the prophets wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. And Nathanael said to him, can anything good come out of Nazareth? Philip said to him, come and see. I love that. Can anything good come out of that church? Come and see. Ah, But the church is not like some of those mushroom churches we know about. Come and see. Just tell them to come and what? See. And of course, sometimes due to some of the excesses in the body of Christ, people have developed a very warped and narrow view about churches, especially in our generation. But we have to let them know that the truth is still prevailing. There There are still many churches, not only just Cornerstone, not only ICD, but many churches that still stand for the truth. And we have to let them know, come and what you have a part to play. You have a role to play. People don't just walk into church. Because first of all, the devil doesn't want you to come to church. He doesn't want you to come. You think he's happy that you're here? No. He wants to give you reasons why you shouldn't come. Ah, you are tired, you know. I bet the church is always there, so well, we go. Uh, uh, it's, uh, we have 52 weeks. Even if I miss 10, right, what is wrong with it? You think he wants you to come? Ah, don't be naive. Well, I'm not naive about it. Don't be naive about it. It's not as if the devil is happy that you are coming to church to be strengthened, to be encouraged, to worship God, to, receive, to, to live here stronger, to receive the strength to overcome your weaknesses, or to receive the truth of his word that will strengthen you and encourage you to shine your light. The devil doesn't want it to happen. Doesn't want it to happen. People don't just come. We have to tell them to What? Come and see. Come and see. And as a church, and as as you being a cornerstone, you are an ambassador of God's kingdom. You are an ambassador. Beyond all that we do in our society and in our family, soul winning and evangelism is a primary responsibility of the Christian. It's not for evangelists. It is for you and I. Say, I'm waiting to be made an evangelist. You will not be made an evangelist. You are an evangelist already. Rise up and use it. Ask yourself. You are some of you are in WhatsApp platforms. What do you share? What do you share? You say you are a Christian. What do you share? Look at somebody and just smile. Don't ask them what they share. Just smile. (laughs) What do you share? Your WhatsApp platform, you've never even sent the devotion of the WhatsApp platform before. And yet, when they are on the platform, all they are talking about is what this person did. Ah, this girl, remember, hey, 2004, it's time we did school. Hey. <laughs> what have you shared? You've not even spoken about Jesus Christ. Some of you, you have social media handles, you've never posted about Jesus Christ. You just post that oh Bernard boy is coming for Afrocella. That's what you post. You think I don't know. I know. I know. I know that he's coming. <laughs> That's what you post on Twitter. <laughs> that Bernard Boy is coming. Ah, save the date. Ba 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 ba. But connas no conference, you never mention it. Nobody <laughs> say, ouch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sometimes he bites. Yeah. What do you share? You say you're a Christian. What do you share? What well, some of you in the office, the day they hear that you're a Christian, they'll be shocked. <laughs> so you're a Christian? Are you, are you playing? Is it a prank? You cannot dim your light. You are an ambassador of God. You are in that office for a reason, beyond the salary. You are there for a reason. Beyond just drawing pay, you are there for a reason. You are in that class for a reason. Beyond getting the certificate you are there for a reason. You have to ask yourself what am I contributing to the kingdom of God? What am I contributing to the kingdom of God? How am I helping to advance the kingdom of God? And in this age of social media you must be loud on social media. You must be loud. You can't be silent. You can't be retweeting nonsense. You have to be loud. You have to express your faith. You have to make him known. You think everybody knows Jesus Christ? No. One time we were witnessing to somebody at Atomic Junction. And the said, do you know Jesus Christ? The guy did it. He said, what is Jesus Christ? He said, what is Jesus I was shocked. He said, what is Jesus Christ? Is it? No, maybe. I think he lives somewhere here or something. Because you would think that everybody has heard about Jesus Christ. It's not true in this Accra here not even in the rural community in Accra so don't let those assumptions stop you from sharing your faith from sharing you are an ambassador of God's kingdom as a key player you must share your faith through every available option and opportunity that presents itself you must share your faith. you can't be silent any longer We must let the world know that Jesus saves. We must let them know that he washes away their sins. We must let them know that there is no sin too great that can disqualify them from the love of God. We must let them know that God is still interested in his people and he has a purpose for them. We must let them know they may be drunkers, they may be smoking weed, they may be whatever, we must let them know that Jesus loves them. They say, I'm still smoking, we bring them to the house of God. They say, I, 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 I'm not done dealing with, with, with my addictions. Bring them to the house of God. You don't have to be perfected to come here. He perfects us when we come here. We are not looking for perfect people in our church. Come as you are. That's how we see it. That's our, that's our motto. Come as you are. The world may judge you, but in the house of God, you must find safety. Because as you begin to come every Sunday, transformation takes place. Change takes place. God works on your heart. And over time, people see significant change in their lives. That must be our posture as we serve in the house of God. And, number, and finally, a key player releases resources for the fedrants of the gospel. A key player releases resources for the fedrants of the gospel. In Acts chapter 4 verse 34 to 37. It says, Nor was there anyone among them who lacked anything. Who lacked. For all who were possessors of lands or houses, Sold them and brought the proceeds of the, of the things that were sold. And laid them at the apostles' feet and they distributed to each as anyone had need. And Joseph, who was also named Barnabas by the apostles, which is translated son of encouragement, a Levite of the country of Cyprus, having land sold it and brought the money and laid them at the apostles' feet. We want to have a church where nobody goes hungry. We want to have a church where every need of our members are met as much as we can. That is why as a church we instituted various interventions, like our toolbox drive, a food bank, trying to minister to our community by renovating, refurbishing the, 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 the primary school that, that, that is in, in, the, in our community here. We want to do things that will be a blessing to God's people. We want to be capable of helping people and strengthening people and, and as much resources as we have, help people help entrepreneurs in our church. As much as we have, we want to be a blessing to families in our church, to pay people school fees. But these things come through resources. So every time you give in the house of God, every time you sow a seed, every time you decide to contribute to God's church, know that you are being a blessing to somebody. Know that your resources are needed to further the gospel. Your money in your pocket is needed. Yeah. The life that comes on, the rent, the air conditioning, it is not anointing oil that pays for it. I hope you know that, right? Do you know that? Maybe you've forgotten. It's not like angels come from heaven with bags of cash to deposit in their account. It doesn't happen that way. It is what you give every Sunday, every time that takes care of what we have here. And so you must show an interest in that. We serve God not out of conv- convenience, but out of conviction. Your resources must speak. where your treasure is, that's where your heart will be as well. So as the Lord blesses you, you must be a blessing to the place that blesses you. Some of you prefer to fund the conservation of whales mm, than, than the spread of the gospel. To conserve whales. than the spread of the gospel. So let us conserve wills. Some of you even say things like, oh, me, I'll give my money to the beggar on the street. That is why I pay my tithe. When you give to the beggar on the street, you haven't paid tithe. You've been given, you, It's a generous giving, but you haven't given to the Lord. Don't confuse the two. Am I helping somebody this morning? Don't confuse the two. You've given, and you must do that. But you have not given to the Lord. Let me help clarify it. Some of you are hearing all sorts of things on, on social media. People say all oh, these things I give. Why are Christians giving to the house? They give to the pastors to go and chop. The pastors go to chop and dip his hand and chop and do that, 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 that. And yes, there are a few charlatans who do such who do such things. And when we identify those charlatans, we must separate ourselves from them. But there are many churches in our cities, in our rural communities, with many pastors who are devoted to serving the kingdom of God. There are many churches. There are many pastors who work and not depend on the church. There are many. So don't let social media become your gospel. We must follow the model of what God teaches in his church. So every time you give, and there are many of you in our church who have given extensively. Words are not enough to say thank you to you. There are many of you who have gone beyond yourself To be a blessing to our church. When we're buying our our two-acre land, many of you gave sacrificially. Many of you gave. There are many of you who have given, who, who have bought several things in our church. But you've not given us permission to even mention your name on the pulpit. There are many of you who have given to our children's ministry tremendous. Some of you sponsor our children's ministry with materials and resources on a consistent basis. God bless you. For everything that you do in the house of God. God bless you. God bless you. There are some of you who pay for the electricity in the church. For the power. God bless you. God bless you. You cannot give to God. And leave empty handed. It's not possible. If it is Jehovah that we serve. You cannot give to him and live empty-handed. So don't think your money cannot do anything. Your money can go far. As a church, we we are believing God that even beyond ourselves, we'll plant many churches in rural communities. We'll strengthen many of our churches around. There are many churches that are struggling. We have it easy here. There are some churches that don't have microphones. I'm telling you. Some churches, they don't even have chairs. We trust that as God blesses Cornerstone, that we will buy them chairs. For churches will buy them lands that will support and strengthen because the church is the pillar of truth. And we must do everything possible. People who love football sponsor their teams. Many people pay significant amount of money towards their football teams. Many pay significant amount of money towards courses they believe in. And those are great courses and it's good to do those things. But as a Christian, what course do you believe in? It's a question that you must ask yourself. Thank you for listening to the message. God bless you.